the sports complex of the horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex here on The Horn. On the show today, we will get into Texas. Not great performance last night in men's basketball against Marquette and Shaka Smart. We'll talk about Texas women's having a just fine performance, just fine and dandy performance. Uh, Also, Texas volleyball is tonight, so we'll get into all the Texas sports. Talk a little bit about the honors being handed out to some Texas players today as well. Sark's up for another award. Another Longhorn is in the transfer portal, so we'll get into all of that. A couple other stories around the college football scene. Patrick's Big Fat Poll. The NBA in-season tournament is about to kick off in the semifinals. It's a 4 p.m. game. This is 1 p.m. in Vegas. Showtime. Come on. In-season tournament, guys. Seemed like a good idea for a while. Uh, We'll talk about the Texas teams that played last night. And give you some NFL talk and maybe a little baseball if we have time. A huge trade. Huge trade in MLB last night as well. And, of course, the text line, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. You guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails. So if you guys want to send in whatever you want to talk about, we try to get to whatever you guys want to talk about with your questions or your comments or your theories and your what you think is happening, send all that stuff in, 512-447-3776. Of course, joining me across the, the across the board, across – I don't know what this is that I can say what this is. It's a, it's a, it's a mixture of two desks. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's across, a, but across the way, just a few feet away from me, uh, Mr. Jacob Standard joining the show, uh, going to talk some sports with us all show long like he's been doing with us. Uh, you know, and we moved the new time slot, changing things up, having some fun here on the show since we're now four to six. Uh, but uh, we've just seen the new court for. Uh, did you get to see the court? I have not. I will look it up right now. It's uh, there's they're doing the in season tournament. The game started. We'll get into it in segment two. I'm sure it's wonderful. Uh, but they did not learn their lesson on the other courts to not have giant bright colored courts because it is red and blue. Oh it's no, be red and blue. Uh, which is why the, the we'll get into it, but yeah, uh, not a great look. But yeah, if you there is basketball starting right now, NBA basketball in season tournament, the most one of the most important games of the season, guys. It's four o'clock on a Thursday. That's what I'm talking about. All right, let's talk some Texas basketball though. I was just trying to delay talking about this game because it wasn't very good. Yeah, it was not a good time to it, watch that game. It really showcased uh, some of the weaknesses of this Texas basketball team. And, you know, we talked about yesterday, if you didn't see the score, it ends up Marquette wins by 21, 86-65. It was at Marquette. Could have been a slightly different score if they were in Texas. But this is a great preview for Texas of you're going to have to play these big 12 teams on the road. And your shot percentage is going to have to go up when you're playing on the road. They've not been shooting great on the road. They're shooting okay at the Moody Center, but pretty poorly on the road. 
uh, and they continued in this Marquette game. Uh, we talked about before that they needed to, you know, rebound really well. We talked about they need to attack the paint. And, you know, we know Marquette likes to defend the three, but they, you know, you can get off of them and get in, get inside. They're also not a great three-point shooting team. They didn't look like that last night. No. Uh, they got hot at, uh, at the end of the first half and then kind of just kept playing okay basketball and, and shooting the ball pretty well in the second half as well. Uh, some things have stuck out in that game, though. When you looked, you know, Caden Shedrick tried to have a good game. It looked like he was getting beat up again, uh, grimacing a lot. I saw him shaking his shoulder out a lot after one of the... And so it looked like he got a little beat up. He wasn't that effective in the paint. Only took three shots in the game. Uh, well, three field goals. He also gets six free throws. So he was trying to be more aggressive, but wasn't able to get in there. Uh, ends up with six points. He's someone that I thought in this game was going to be more effective. Dylan, Dylan Mitchell... Did not look effective in this game. Went four for nine. Didn't even get to the free throw line. You got to go in there again. It's a team like this who is not a great uh, inside defensive team and get them to move around and get them to go up and try and block your shot and and initiate the contact at points. And I know if you initiate, then it's not supposed to be a foul. But if if they're moving, that's still going to be a foul on them. If they're in the circle of moving, you're going to get that call. And so you need to drive. Dylan Mitchell could have driven the paint. They're not the biggest team. They're not the most athletic team. So you could have probably got up Dylan Mitchell and gotten some of those big dunks. Uh, he does rebound pretty well in this game. He's the only Longhorn that did well in rebounding, ends up with 10 rebounds. So he was being aggressive at other points, but offensively, when they were not able to get shots, the zone really started to throw him off in the zone when, you know, the fact that a guy like Dylan Mitchell is maybe not the best ball handler in his zone is a little bit worrisome why he didn't drive as much. The zone kind of, you know, slowed them down a lot of ways. And we just didn't see anybody really get going. Tyrese Hunter, this was supposed to be a game where we wanted to see a lot from him. He ends up with uh, 0 for 6, 0 from 2 for 3, not going. He's from that area. So a lot of people thought that he was going to have a better game. He went out there and tried, got some free throws, ends up with 3 points, but doesn't have uh, a big game at all. 4 assists, 3 turnovers. So Tyrese Hunter plays one of his worst games of the season so far. You know, IT Hunter could never really get it going. Only goes one for seven in that game. Never got his shot going. Uh, Max Asmus goes 10 for 19. He's your only real bright spot that he got streaky shooting and would hit some big shots throughout the turn with throughout the game. He would be able to come in and hit some big shots and kind of carry you at little points. Uh, we know at the beginning of the game, he, he was, put up their first 12 or whatever points. Yeah, he was killing it at the beginning of the game. First three possessions, all from deep. And then he ends up going, uh, scores 25 points total, but it's not enough to carry this team. We can look at things. They went four from 16 for three. It's going to be a problem all year long. In college basketball, if you can't hit threes, you're going to lose a lot of games. You know, you either have to be giant inside, which Texas isn't. When they get to Sue back, they'll be a little bit bigger with Shedrick and Sue. But you, even with those guys, they're gonna they're gonna double off them all season long. This isn't and, the last time you're gonna see that zone either. No, but if they're they, they're gonna double down off of them and make you make threes all season. Yeah, and so you better be able to hit your threes. Also, you only get 14 free throws in this game, and I know the refs are letting it play a little bit, but you got to go and initiate and and get in there and get to the free throw line. When your shot's not falling, you have to go create and get to the free throw line. They didn't really seem to want to do that. A lot of the guys didn't go after it. Dylan Mitchell didn't go do that enough. Uh, Max Aismith did not do that enough. He's Because he's a smaller guy, he likes to kind of avoid contact. He does it pretty well. The problem is when you're driving and avoiding contact and you're trying to go back out on a zone, the, the, the exterior defender is going to come back in and pick that ball from your pocket, or they're going to be able to get your shot, and you're not going to be able to get a shot off. 
because you're trying to bounce away from the inside pressure, you have to go right at these guys. Right. And they just weren't willing to go right at him. I know Rodney Terry is going to be at him. I know he was saying in the breaks to, you know, be more intentional with your shots if you're going to take them. They didn't look like they were ever really comfortable in it. Uh, in reality, Tyler Kolick in the end of the first half kind of put this game far enough away and killed momentum for Texas by hitting just a bunch, like two or three crazy threes in a row. Yeah, that he, said, he shouldn't have. He said they were leaving him wide open, and he owed it to his team to knock those shots down. He but he said, wasn't wide open. Well, that's, I'm just telling you what his quote was. He felt wide open. He felt wide open. He wasn't. There was a couple with two guys on him that he was still hitting off one foot. He got really hot at the end of the first nights. half, and it just started going. I mean, they shot 66% from the three-point land in the second Ooh. half, and they didn't take a ton of threes. Uh, they took more than Texas, but they, you know, they weren't trying to go over the top with it until later in the second half. Or sorry, in the first half they went and shot a ton of threes because Texas was playing them inside. In the second half they stepped away from it, and we're still able to hold on to that lead and just play them out. Uh, they, Texas got out rebounded, which you can't do against a team that's not as big as you and not as athletic. A lot of those were just fighting for rebounds, and Texas was not in the right place. Everybody collapsed. You know, your bigs collapsed right in the basket, and the ball bounces two feet off. Yeah, and someone else came in and got it. The guards weren't there because they were getting back on defense. You know, I, I wanted to see Texas score more points in the paint. They went 32, uh, it was 32 points for Texas in the paint versus 30 for Marquette. That That's in a line that you just can't have in these types of games. Yeah, they looked very uninspired. And on the opposite side of the court, Marquette looked very inspired. I mean, they're coming off a loss yeah. to in-state rival Wisconsin. It's Shaka's first game against Texas since they mutually parted ways. You could just see the energy levels were a little bit different and the physicality was a little different. Yeah, it definitely it, it just did not seem like a great game. Caden Shedrick still had an okay game defensively. He wasn't one that was getting too much, but he only played 23 minutes because I think of that shoulder injury, which I did not so. help out in the second half. Uh, a lot, but you know this is a team that you know you're you're waiting for Dylan DeSue to get back, but that's going to be another learning process. You you just need to get. I think I think there needs to be a point of revving up practices. I I didn't mention, but I should mention. Kendall Weaver had a good game. Kendall Weaver came to play. He played 25 minutes in this game, went four for six. Uh, he ends up with four uh, four fouls, but he has four rebounds as well and two assists. He has a couple turnovers. Uh, he has a huge block in the game. Yeah, he has a huge block in the game where you know he just wanted to stand it. He's not he's not in every you know you can't play him thirty minutes a game and he shouldn't be playing twenty five really in an ideal situation. But Tyrese Hunter was playing so poorly that you put in the de- the defense to try and slow them down. Kendall Weaver, you'd like to you know have twenty minutes, eighteen minutes a game maybe, but man, his energy he was somebody that wanted to be there. I saw a play where he gets a steal. He like took the jump shot out of the guy's hands and then right down the court for a dunk. And yeah, rose up above everybody. And so you need to get that energy, and I think that's something that you're going to see from Rodney Terry is trying to instill the energy from a guy like Kendall Weaver, who is you know not heavily recruited and end up at UT Arlington, and you know played his butt off at UT Arlington to get the WAC Player of the Year and then our Freshman of the Year and then go to Texas and be able to come in and, and try and make an impact. You're going to have to get that kind of energy going. I know Shedrick wants to play. He was beat up. But for a guy like Dylan Mitchell, who has now seen it, he's you know kind of testing that NBA waters. For Max Aismas, who's been around it forever, it doesn't necessarily want that contact. For Tyrese Hunter, who's just so sketchy or such uh, so streaky, and when he's playing good and when he's not, you have to go out there and go. I don't care if you're missing shots, if you're trying, if you're hustling on defense, and if you're playing hard defense, and if you're going for every rebound, and you're, I, I'd rather you foul out. 
and you know score four, five points for me, then I'd prefer you to kind of just play it safe the entire game and get me a, a 16 that don't matter. Yeah, there was also, I never had a moment in the game where I felt like they were moving as a unit. It felt a lot like yeah. one pass here, and then you try to get a shot. One pass yes. here, you try to get a shot. And, and, that just, was, and that's the other deal is I, I don't know why they haven't practiced more against the zone. Yeah. They've seen it three or four times already this season because everybody knows they have troubles with the zone. Right. Because it, it and the reality is with guys like IT Horton and Tyrese Hunter and Max Acemas, you you know, Brock Cunningham can shoot a three okay. He went one for three in the game. You really hope that, okay, well, they have some shooters. We'll just put shooters in. We'll shoot over the top of the zone. That's how you want to break a zone. But it, on the road, Texas can't shoot right now. So I think they need to figure out kind of where their shot is, what the problems are. I know they've had these problems every single year. They had them under Shaka. They had them under Rick Barnes. They've had them under uh, Chris Beard, and they have them now. So this is not something that's unique to this season. But you have to figure out how to start getting into positions where you're you're not shooting just you went zero for six in the second half from three. Yeah, there's other ways to break a zone than shooting from three, though. Too, no, you right? have to go and get and you initiate gotta get to the contact free throw line and hit the baseline exactly. Yeah, and, and initiate contact. And, and I don't think they wanted to do that in that game. It was a disappointing game to see. I don't think by any means it's the end of the season or you can you know put too much weight on it. But it's disappointing. It, it's, it's a disappointing. Yeah. It's a really good learning point if this team wants to learn and grow. Then this is a great learning point for Texas for them to turn around and look at this game and say, we played like crap. We lost this game because we, for whatever reason, weren't up for it. We weren't up for it. We didn't, you know, we didn't work hard enough to get to where we need to be, and we're better than that. We do want to work hard enough. We do want to do that. Rodney Terry's going to give him that speech. Oh, yeah, he will. For Rodney sure. Terry's a great coach. He's going to go after them. But, yeah, that was a disappointing loss uh, for Texas in the game. Texas loses to Marquette 86-65. to Marquette's a really good team. Don't get me wrong. But Top Texas – Texas should be able to compete with them a little bit more than they competed with them in that game. I know Cola got hot at the end of the half. Just the things that you need to do that are easy things to do, they were not doing. Yeah. And that's what makes it so disappointing. Uh, we also should mention uh, Texas women's basketball did handle their business to the Moody Center last Ooh. night. They get a 106-62 to win over Long Beach State. That is absurd. 106 points in a basketball game. They did. Double-double for Taylor Jones. Another <laughs> double-double for Taylor Jones. God, that court is ugly. Uh, and <laughs> Not the Moody Center. Moody Center looks no, great. No, no, no. Moody Center is beautiful. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it is double-double uh, for Taylor Jones. Uh, some other people. And the, I know you have somebody you've been working on the name for. I have, and I'm very sorry. It's the it's a backup guard, and it's uh, Jacqueline Winantanda, I hope that is the right pronunciation of it. She scored 14 over 16 points in the second half. Rory Harmon had 17 points of her own with six steals on top of that. Uh, the Long Beach State coach, Amy Wright, she said they have an orchestra of offense, which is just the best compliment you can get. <laughs> they are. And, I mean, the, the, the one thing you're looking at for this Texas women's team is once they get to play bigger teams yeah. and a little bit better teams, they did beat a new UConn. They beat up UConn, but they did beat a UConn handily. Sure did. Uh, on Sunday, so they've played some other teams. Once you get into Big 12 and once you play with a couple more people that are a little bit bigger, Texas is just bigger than all these teams, and Taylor Jones is taking a massive advantage of it. So we'll see as they, the season continues on. But right now, Vic Schaefer has this team doing everything they're supposed to be doing before you get to conference play. So you can't you can't get mad at any of it right? because you can say, well, what, what else are you supposed to see? 
Yeah, you know, <laughs> why didn't y'all score 120? I wanted 120. There's, nothing, there's no point I can make. I can say, I wonder what it will be when they play conference play, but I can't tell you it'll be bad because they've shown me nothing to tell me it'll be bad right now. Yeah, no, they look dominant in all phases right now, and I hope it continues. Uh, and just another note, uh, I don't have enough volleyball knowledge for you to fully vet into this, but we do want to tell you uh, we are watching volleyball. We're watching it uh, when it comes on. Uh, they are taking on number two, Texas, taking on number three, Tennessee, tonight. You can watch it on ESPN2 at 8 o'clock. So if you want to watch that game tonight uh, and check and support the women's volleyball, uh, they're playing in the tournament tonight. Another win, another advancement. They've been playing pretty well. They've lost one set so far. They lost the first-round set to Texas A&M, the first set. That's they've it. won three. Then they beat uh, TC, uh, SMU, I believe, 3-0 to zero as well, if I'm correct. Tell me if I'm wrong on the text line. Uh, I have not looked at this, this, the bracket in two days, Shame. but I'm pretty sure. But I'm pretty sure that they they're six and one uh, in in the straight six straight last sets uh, for Texas women's volleyball. They play tonight against the number three team or number three seed uh, Tennessee. So yeah, shout be. out Texas volleyball, man! One of the most dominant programs in the nation right now. Uh, and let's go. Uh, let's talk a little NCAA football, though, before we get to the break. And we get to the text line and everybody there, 512 447 3776. We did get to see some All American list. There's a bunch of All American lists that have been put out, which is fun. Uh, I've seen four of them so far, I believe. Okay. Uh, I've, I've, well, seen, many, I've seen a couple. I've seen the CBS and uh, the Athletic. There is also the USA Today and the Sports Illustrated. Okay. Uh, we have. Uh, the Athletic has the freshman team. Anthony Hill is made there. C.J. Baxter's second all-freshman team, All-American. Oh, okay. Uh, the Athletic, uh, just all-American team. Uh, Xavier Worthy and Tavondre Sweat are first team on that, and Brian Murphy is second team. We go to the Sports Illustrated all-American team. Tavondre Sweat is first seat team. Uh, 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 Byron Murphy is second team. The USA Today, Sweat and Worthy are both on that team. Worthy is second team. Sweat is first team. And if we look at CBS, uh, Worthy and Sweat are first team. Murphy and Javion Sanders get on that list as second teamers. But Tavondre Sweat, consensus right now, first team All-American. I don't think anybody can dispute that. I don't think anybody would argue it either. No, I don't think anybody can argue that uh, Tavondre Sweat after the season he's had. It's nice to see Murphy getting on these lists, second teams. When you have a guy in first and second on the same position, yeah. it's always nice to see. So that's Pretty a good. cool thing. I like to see Anthony Hill and C.J. Baxter seeing some freshmen getting playing time and being on those uh, the freshman All-American list. Yeah, I'm surprised to see J.T. Sanders only made one of the lists, the CBS list. I, I think it's because of his injuries. And it just kind of put him out. If you're going to say there's only two tight ends, he could be the third best tight end. If you're only going to put one tight end on a team, who would be your other number two? I guess I can go look at their list. But I mean, Brock Bowers <laughs> on there. The kid from Utah right, is Brock on Bowers there. And then... there. There's a kid from Utah too. I can't oh, remember okay. his name, but he's a really good tight end as well. Uh, I I have not looked at the full list, so I can't tell you. But I, I know that Jatavion Sanders is up there. He's one of those guys that's on the best. But I think his injury kind of slowed him down at points in this season. Yeah. So he may not get on there. Uh, we can also mention Steve Sarkeesian is up for another Coach of the Year award. We mentioned yesterday he was up for the Eddie Robinson award. That'll be uh, given out on December 20th. That's reasonable. So that is something that we can say is going to be before the college football playoffs, and we can see it, and we can take that to the bank. Uh, the George Munger Award, uh, Coach of the Year award from the Maxwell Foundation, is yep. uh, the award that is he's nominated for uh, this time. He is actually... Uh, that the finalist, he's a semifinalist. Mm. They've only named the semifinalist so far. They will name the finalist on December twenty first after after Eddie Robinson's already given out. Yep. 
they're giving out the George Munger then, and then the January 10th, two days after the national championship game, but the other uh, coach of the year semifinalists, Nick Saban uh, from Alabama, Jed Fish from Arizona, Mike Norvell from Florida State, uh, Kurt Sinetti from James Madison, uh, Jamie Caldwell, Chadwell from Liberty, Jeff Braun from Louisville, Ellie Drinkowitz uh, from Missouri, uh, Jerry Kill from New Mexico State, David Braun from Northwestern, Lane Kiffin from Ole Miss. I don't really know why he should be on that. I don't. I'm not certain on that one, but uh, Rhett Lash, <laughs> Rhett Lashley from SMU, uh, Sark from Texas, Barry Odom from UNLV, and Kalen DeBoer uh, from Washington are all on that list. No huge surprises there. Uh, that basically. Well, I have one surprise. What's that? Where's Mike Gundy? Mike why Gundy's not why on isn't there. Mike Gundy on there. Mike Gundy. I'm sure Kirby Smart's not thrilled that he lost a championship <laughs> game to <laughs> Alabama, and he's they're like. Well, he's really losing it, isn't he? It's twenty nine and one in the last three seasons, and he, <laughs> he's not on that he's list either. <laughs> and I look, I get if you want to say player wise that they got the wealth of talent. Sure, but a lot of schools have a wealth of talent. Harbaugh also not on any of these lists. Harbaugh's not on this. I list. didn't even notice that. Yeah, no, Michigan yeah. Harbaugh, but I'm sure they have. You know, they have rules, and this seems like a weird. I look, I I I fully want Sark to win the George Munger. I also feel like this is their website has not been updated. Uh, the, the, George the Munger, official George Munger website since 2019. I'm just curious. Who was the last winner? Uh, Ed Orgeron from 2019 was the last. It was on their list. Oh, wonderful. So they, yeah. So they're a little <laughs> loose with their morals. Yeah, they, so they may be. Well, that was before though. 2019 oh, okay. was before. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. Uh, we did mention one of the Longhorns that entered the portal today. Casey Kane, uh, the wide receiver, entered the portal today. Uh, didn't get a lot of playing time this year. I think he's seeing where this team is at yeah, and that he may, it may be an uphill battle for him to get in there. He's going to go try and get some more playing time somewhere else. I get it. Uh, I'd love to see him stakes. I think he is a good wide receiver. It just, he hasn't been able to break through. We don't know whatever else ulterior motives, but he has confirmed that he is going into the transfer portal. I thought some snaps were about to open up on this roster, though, at that wide receiver position, especially after this season. They I'm are, a little but, confused. But, I mean, this is when you have the discussions with Sark. He's talked to Sark. And he hears and that they're going after Juice Wells and stuff like that. So he may it's... he may talk to and Sark may have told him, hey, hey well, you're right now yeah. fighting for the three spot, or you're fighting for the four. Like, you, we, you can play, but you need to fight for it, and it needs to be your position. And you're not fighting. You're not close to fighting for the one right now. Ouch. Yeah. Which probably. I mean, that, but that's not. You know, you're talking about a, the team that's the number three seed in the a team that playoffs. a lot of people have called the most talented roster in football. Yeah. So yeah. I get. I do understand where it sucks to hear that, but also it's not saying we're well, not good. It's just saying, well, these guys are elite level talents, and if you compete for the three spot and get it, well, then now you can compete for the two spot. Right. And now you can compete for the one spot. Yeah. But you're you're not in there in the line where you can jump and compete for the one spot. Yeah. You're just you're not there yet. Yeah. So and, and that goes for most players in most places. That's just kind of how it works. Uh, he's getting in the portal. Wish him the best for Casey Kane. Uh, but that's another name if you want to see another name that entered the portal today. Have you seen any preferences for him yet? I have not. I, have not. I just saw that today. Okay. Uh, we also saw the Florida running back Etienne uh, is also in the transfer portal now. Yeah, that was an uh, interesting one. Half of that uh, recruiting class. For Billy Napier, that was his first recruiting class, is now in the transfer portal. Isn't that fun? That is not a great look. <laughs> not a great look for him. Uh, another note that I wanted to make before we move on is that Duke is looking to hire former Texas defensive coordinator Manny Diaz. The man run out of the 40 acres after his defense was kind of figured out. Uh, they're looking to hire him as a head coach. Is this a good hire for you? If Manny Diaz, see him if he gets his starting job. I know or his head coaching job. We know that when he was at Texas the first year, he was fast-tracking. 
and then everything slowed down. Now listen, Manny Diaz had the best single-season defensive performance since Alabama in 2011 with Penn State this last year. They held people to 223 yards per game, and that's super impressive considering they have to go through this gauntlet. Indiana, Michigan State, Rutgers, Illinois, and my favorite, Iowa. Oh, sorry, I forgot about those juggernauts over there at UMass. Jeez. So, I yeah, just, I, look, I, that is the thing. You're playing a bunch of not great offensive teams, <laughs> and then if you go to Duke and then you start playing the ACC, right? I mean, there there is teams like that, and the Louisville's kind of built like that. There's a lot of defensive teams in the ACC, so you're going to build a defense first team there. You're losing Riley Leonard, the quarterback uh, that did well for you this year. He is transferring out. Yeah, so you'll get to build it from scratch, but yeah, and I mean it's it'll be a it'll be a it'll be a growing period. It's just it's interesting to see Manny Diaz, a former Texas guy that a lot of people, Texas fans, remember Manny Diaz. He is now the favorite to uh, to go for Duke. Expected right. to be finalized in the next twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah. Manny Diaz headed to Duke. I just have an issue with defensive masterminds, quote unquote, coming out of the Big Ten. I just I, I know an issue with that. I know it, it doesn't seem and I mean but then again if you look at Penn State they're a ranked team and it wasn't for their offense You're right true it was not for their That's offense very true uh, let's hit uh, Patrick's big fat poll of the day uh, and get you a question there on the text Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn big fat poll of the day today we talking about the transfer portal losing Casey Kane now. I want to see which position do you want to see addressed the most in the portal? Which position, if you had to pick one, and you got to say, I get the number one guy in the portal for this position, but it means we may have to lose out on somebody. Like, you're, you're picking NIL money, or you're picking who you're recruiting the most hours on. What's the position where you say that's the position we need to go for? Is it a wide receiver with the wide receivers possibly leaving? Right. You know, we haven't heard any announcements, but we assume that. Is it defensive tackle? With Devondre Sweat, you say you want to keep this defense going. Is it somebody in the secondary where you want to build the secondary up because it seems like it's a, a weak point for Texas? Is it, you know, do you want to bring in uh, a, a running back? Now, you shouldn't need one, but you may want to bring one in. That'd be an interesting move. Uh, tight end, maybe. We're losing Ooh. to Tavion Sanders, and you say, well, Gunner Helm, like, well, maybe we can go get that. If we can go get a really good tight end in this portal, maybe that's, do you want to bring in a linebacker and help out where Jalen Ford's leaving? And, you know, if Anthony Hill and you pair him up and you have a great linebacking core. Possibly. I like all those. My pick would definitely be interior D-line. I think having two All-Americans in the middle there has made It has made difference. a huge difference. <laughs> and, and it'll be different. You know, you're leaving the Big 12, which is a pretty running conference. And I know yeah. there's air raid and everything. But we know that, you know, your last couple games you're playing against Taj Brooks and Ollie Gordon and some really good running backs. And so in the Big 12, it was huge to have those. Going to the SEC, we know now they throw the ball a little bit more, but they try to have their running backs as well. Teams like Kentucky, we know Alabama runs the ball. Georgia can run the ball some too. So you would like to have those those big men up front and make teams more one-dimensional and then bring up your youth because you do have some young guys. Then you can say, well, maybe if they can get Kobe Black on his – and then you compare him with Manny, uh, with Manny Muhammad and those guys. The kid from Clemson, maybe. Maybe the, but that's what I'm saying. So yeah. what do we say? Five one two four four seven three seven seven six. What position would you like to see addressed the most in the transfer portal? If you were, if you were making the decisions, what would you say? All right, when we come back, we're going to talk uh, some text. We'll talk a little bit more Texas football. We'll also get into the NBA end season tournament that's happening right now. For some reason, I'm going to look up that court. And uh, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll explain. I, I think I have the reason why they're doing it. 
I don't approve of this. No. But we'll, I'll, I'll rant about some other things. I'm going to be an old man yelling in the clouds for a little bit. Good. Here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn. Back on the sports complex here on the horn. <laughs> Playing time songs all week long since we moved to our new time slot. I know this one. You know this one? I know this one, yeah. Okay, what song is this? This feels like the first time. It is. You got it right today. Yeah. Do you know the band? Is it Kansas? It is not Kansas. Is it Boston? It's not Boston. Is it Bon Jovi? It's not Bon Jovi. It's, okay. It is It is the band. The singer of this band is who my dog is named after. Oh. Well, Lou? Lou uh-huh. is the name of the singer. Okay. Lou Graham. All right. Lou Graham. That's Lou Graham. That's what I was going to say. Yep. He's singer Foreigner. Yeah. He, Foreigner. Foreigner. That Foreigner. was the band. Yeah. Foreigner. Yeah. Lou Graham. They sing a song also called uh, Dirty White Boy. Oh. And when I got my dog, we found him. Uh, he was homeless and it took four baths to get him very clean. He's a white dog. And so it, he's the Dirty White Boy. Yeah. And so I named him Lou after Lou Graham. Makes sense. That is a, that is a story of uh, how Lou got his name and, and how I listened to Foreigner more after that. After getting a dog and naming of that. I miss Lou. I miss seeing Lou. I know he doesn't get to hang out at the studio as much anymore. Uh, he misses being up here as well. Uh, text line's open, 512-447-3776. Uh, what position do you want to see most addressed in the portal for Texas? We should say for Texas at the end, I know. Not everyone on the is a Longhorn fan, but we'll say for Texas. For Texas, what do you want to see? Yeah, you're in the minority if you're not a Longhorn fan around here. Hey, look, I know, but hey, there are. And we appreciate you listening if you're not. We appreciate you. Uh, the NBA in-season tournament is happening right now. Right now, Jacob. Yeah, those are uh, gross courts. They, so they've had bad courts all season, and now they have moved. The semifinals and finals are being played in Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas, and I was really worried the courts were going to be gross and ugly, and they've done it. And we saw the story that came out last night that the Lakers were not allowed to wear black because it was going to be too much of a contrast on the screens, yep. on the courts. And that really worried me. That's when you know you've messed up. If your courts are too contrasting with the jerseys. So, so this is the thing. If you haven't been paying attention, they're in the in-season tournament. Uh, the winners get a hundred thousand dollar bonus. Uh, and but basically, they've been playing in off the off days of the tournament. They did the first rounds on Monday and Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, they had a bunch of games last night. We'll talk a bit a little bit about those in just a minute. Uh, and then they're doing today two games tonight. Or today, I should say. Today. Today. Uh, and 1 p.m. in the afternoon in Vegas. 1 p.m. in the afternoon in Vegas. Uh, this is the problem I have with the end-season tournament, is it feels like I think that the there was a lot going into it, that the game was really, you know, that a lot of things worked better than I thought it would. And, yeah. you know, seeing those first-round games at the places where they were at, it seemed to be a really good 
Uh, it seemed to be a really good, you know, the crowd was going nuts for these games, and it was a lot of fun. So he said, oh, you're kind of bringing that, bringing that atmosphere for these fans, at least, that they're like, oh, I can buy a ticket to a game that's going to matter, and I, all my, the players are going to be playing in it, and I want to go see it. That would, so I think in that, it was a positive thing. The ratings are up, which is great, so we saw that happen as well. The problem is they plan this out, and, and someone who's done, like, concerts and events as long as I have and, and, and thrown a bunch of stuff, and when you work events and stuff like that, it's always annoying when you go up and then you start and then you see something in the future and you go, hey, what about that thing? The thing that we all know is going to be a problem. And they go, oh, oh, we didn't think about that. Yeah. And you go, oh, no, because if you didn't think about that, you didn't think about a bunch of other stuff. And, and so there's a couple of things. One, the courts, they just didn't workshop these enough or. Put them across, you know, fans and. Do we and, not have focus groups? Yeah, focus group them and go. Hey, man, do these are these going to look awful on TV and at the place and no one likes them? Uh, can we make some minor adjustments and fix them? It looks like they just made all of them and then printed them and did it. Is anybody's jerseys going to cause a conflict? <laughs> so we had that. Then they they do the the two nights for Monday and Tuesday. They want to get the game out on a Saturday because I don't think they want to compete with the NFL on Sunday or Monday. No chance. Uh, they don't mind competing against Thursday Night Football. This is going to be a bad one on Thursday. We'll get to that in the 6 o'clock hour. But Ugh. I think they were more okay with it on on today and Thursday Night Football. But they had to start the first game because they're playing these in the same building. <laughs> they had to start the first game to make the last, last game still be viewable on the East Coast. Start at 8 o'clock, which is still late on the East Coast. It's still sure. a 9 o'clock game in the East Coast, but it's a little bit earlier, right? It's a little bit more okay because, you know, you say, okay, well, that's the second game, and you're, that's the Western Conference game. But they didn't want to start at 9 or 10, which still would not be that late in Vegas. Right. Because in Vegas is not that late. So they'll. So what they end up doing is they put the first game on at 4 p.m., this is a semifinals game. Top four teams left in the in-season tournament starts at 4 o'clock on a Thursday in Vegas where it's two or three hours earlier than it is here. Nailed it. And there you have to go. So now you lose the home fans. So it's all it's feel they're traveling. You lose that home fan base and that really cool thing. To make it a neutral field, which we know doesn't work in the Super Bowl, it doesn't work. Like Unless you're talking about Cotton Bowl and rivalry games where it's close enough and both teams can do it, this is not a great idea for that. I would have here's what I would do. Because I don't want to just be an old man yelling at clouds. Okay. I would take the Monday of the week and I would put all four teams on Monday. All four games on Monday for the first round. And I would stagger them like March Madness. Okay. And I would say we're starting the games at six, seven, eight, and nine. And then from seven thirty on, you're watching straight basketball. And you don't have to. You don't have time breaks. Nothing. You can just keep watching games, and they're all played at their home arenas. And then you get to watch finish after finish after finish. And it's a great little trick to get people that don't really care about watching a full basketball game to watch four straight finishes and eight of your teams. In and they were all good games. They were all pretty good games, except for I believe Milwaukee blew the Knicks out in the second half. But all the rest of them were pretty good games. And if you stagger those, I think you get good viewing then. Then you have Tuesday off, and then you can do Wednesday, Thursday for your two games. So you can put them both on at reasonable hours and showcase both those games on Wednesday and Thursday. You still do them at the home. You don't take it to Vegas yet because you don't need to go to Vegas and lose. And you have those courts, and the fans are pumped up about it, and they are happy about it. And you do those on Wednesday and Thursday. You have Friday off. Everybody travels to Vegas. And then on Saturday, you have your big game in Vegas. And you can do the big game in Vegas. 
But I would that's what I would do for season two of the in season tournament. I don't like this four o'clock starting game thing. No. I don't like it. Me either. I'm not a big fan. I love that suggestion actually. Do the the one game in Vegas. Make everybody travel one to game one game. One game yeah. and your teams and you can go there and it's on a Saturday. Right. So you're not traveling during the week. And not if you want to make a la- and everybody has cheap flights, you can buy last minute tickets to Vegas. That's a thing you can so if you realize on Wednesday or Thursday your team's going to Vegas on Saturday and you want to go on Saturday, you can do that. But I would I would make it to where that like you don't have this game. Like you're making these semifinals of your tournament bad and then trying to have a crescendo at the end. I'm not sure I'm not sure why they do any games in Vegas, if I'm being honest. If that's something that has to stay in there, like they don't even do a neutral site for the NBA championship. They're, they're doing it because of betting money, and that's where they're making a ton of money. And they want to do more neutral site stuff because you can make a lot more money and cities bid on it. Ah. And so there's money in it. I get why they're doing it, but it's it's terrible. Uh, we will mention it, the Pacers and Bucks are playing right now. Uh, Bucks are a five-and-a-half point favorite going into it. This could be a high-scoring game. They're first and third in points per game throughout this season. Coming in hot, too. Coming in hot, both teams. So we'll see. I, I The game's in a commercial break, so I don't have the – do you have the score right now? I do not have it up right now. I can, I'm can. i sure I can figure it out. I've got it. You Go ahead. Pull, pull it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, we have the Pelicans and Lakers are playing the late game tonight at 8 o'clock, which is a 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock game in Vegas. Really <laughs> pulling the midnight oil for the, the city that never sleeps. You really got it. nailing it. Uh, they're going to be playing some cool matchups in that game, though, to watch for. If you do want to watch the game tonight, Anthony Davis versus Zion could be in that matchup. That would be a fun matchup to watch between those two guys and a guy who's always hurt versus a guy who's always hurt. It's a great matchup, <laughs> but it's, it's a big body versus both based in physicality. No, <laughs> it, but that's it's it's it'll be a fun matchup to see those two guys, you know. And it's a, it's the future of New Orleans versus the past future of New Orleans basketball. <laughs> There's a lot going into it. So I, I want to see that matchup. Ingram versus LeBron, where Brandon Ingram could not play with LeBron in L.A. and Ingram couldn't make it in LeBron and couldn't make it in L.A. Yeah. and get straight off. is having great seasons now. See them going against each other. So you could say the future of L.A. and the past future of L.A. as well. I don't know one. if Ingram was ever the past future of L.A., though. Because uh, I don't think they ever thought he was going to be as good as he was. They took him two overall. They did, but I don't know if they ever – that's why they traded him. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, he was in that Anthony Davis trade. That's which right. was yeah. that's why he's where the team ran team. Yeah, I makes know. all sense. I do have a uh, score update. I do yeah. have a score update yeah. for us. 29-27 bucks in okay. the first. Okay, so that's not super high scoring. No. We'll see if they keep crank it up in the second half or in the second quarter. Uh, I will say the Pelicans do have a ton of more depth than the Lakers, so if they're able to play the defense they've been playing, it will be a tough road uh for the Pelicans in this or for the Lakers in this game. Just because they've been playing, Pelicans have been playing pretty good defense. Yeah, and I'm scared of the usage rate for LeBron. It's right bad now. right now. It's bad. I'm very scared. So many minutes. He was supposed to be on a you know minute clock, a pitch count, and all and that stuff. I get stuff. it. He's going to beat Father Time. The dude's what, 42, 43? He's going. I'm, I'm a little worried for his usage rate. A uh, couple of games last night, the Mavs win by 50. <laughs> Doncic has 40 points in that game. They uh, dominate. In their matchup, the Rockets beat the Thunder. Rockets held the Thunder uh, for eight for 29 from three-point land. They did not go and get in the paint enough. Uh, Rockets out, also outscored them five to ni- 19 to five in second chance points. The Rockets just the more physical and more energetic team in that game were able to take out a young Thunder team where they just play with toughness. Yeah, And the Rockets' toughness came out on a young, energetic uh, Thunder team, it just did not work out. The Rockets are also nine and one at home right now. They're playing so, really good at home. Cool trend to watch for the rest of the no, season. No, their defense happens at home. It doesn't happen on the road. And uh note for the Spurs, 
They changed their starting lineup last night. Did they? We finally saw the change, but it wasn't what we thought it would be. Ouch. They changed Jeremy Sohan, put Jeremy Sohan on the bench. Jetty Osman gets the start at point guard. Really? Jetty Osman gets the start. He goes 3 for 8, 0 for 3 from 3. He has 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and 6 points in his starting job. Uh, and he said he liked it. He he was being a little bit more of a facilitator than he normally is. Okay. So I think That's maybe good. that was what Pop was trying to get him to understand how to pass the ball and be a, ball. a distributor. Yeah. But it did not help out Wimby, one of Wimby's worst games. 10 rebounds, 12 points, 1 assist. Was not great with that, so they're going to have to figure out if they play well together or not. We'll see if another lineup comes out or we go back to Sohan, if Yeti Osman is there when they play again tomorrow. Uh, but that is a – it's an interesting choice. I told you they may shift the lineup. When did I say they were going to shift the lineup? You said they were going to do it during the in-season tournament. And what did they do? They shifted the lineup. Not the way I thought they would. I might I could take half credit on this one. <sighs> that I thought this would be around the point in the season where Pop starts to kind of mess with things. They were up against the Thunder in every quarter break until we got to the end of the game. And in the fourth quarter, they came up short again and have lost their 15th straight game. Ouch. Did you catch Luca drop an F-bomb and then apologize with a word that you can only say on the Pat McAfee yep, show? I did, I did. I saw that as well. I also saw that uh, Trey Young uh, very unhappy about not getting a foul call at the end of their game, and it oh, wasn't a happened? foul. It was not a foul. I can show you in the offense. Okay. I can't talk. But yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, they Trey Young hits a game a game leading shot. Sure. Uh, the other team hits a game leading shot. Okay. Uh, they get the ball back, and Trey Young tries to drive across, does a thing where he pushes off with one arm, so yep. there's contact. But he's pushing his arm out, falls backwards, and throws up a, a prayer. Yeah, It doesn't go in. And then he's like, why did you not bail me out? Oh, come it's on. a reason why I can't stand James Harden, Trey Young, and all those guys who just go, well, I want free throws. And you're like, it's a last-second shot. Yeah, you, you, shouldn't get, you, you can't count on the rest for those shots. Uh, but he was mad. and so. But as the Spurs fan, they have the Atlanta's first-round pick this year. So I say suspend Trey for arguing with the ref after the game. Don't let him play the rest of the season. Yeah, quit disrespecting authority, but, Trey. But much worse than John Moran. Yeah, I'm, they, I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. But yeah, I did not think it was a foul. I did not think that was a foul. I went through and looked at it, but I did not think that was a foul if you saw that one. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get to your text messages. We're asking you what uh, what position do you want to see in the transfer portal the most? If you are watching this game or have you seen the court for tonight, is this is this the worst court? Is this middle of the road courts? for? It's a bad court. Uh, but we'll get those text messages when we come back on the sports on the sports complex here on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons only on the Horn. Back on the sports complex here in the horn, playing songs about time as we are celebrating our new time slot for the last day of the time songs. We'll get into a 512 Friday tomorrow and a new theme next week, but time songs. I'm not, I don't expect you to know this one. I got it, though. What do you got this one? I don't have it. You don't have this yeah, one. No, uh, the sorry. Rolling Stones do a version of this song as well. Oh. Uh, time on my side, but this is Irma Thompson. Irma Thomas, sorry. Irma Thomas. Yeah. That was not going to be a name I would guess. You weren't going to go with Irma Thomas? No, I was not. <laughs> Yeah, great stuff though. It's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah, you can listen to that song just over and over again. Irma Thompson, uh, Irma Thomas. Time is on my side. You know, it's good stuff. Yeah. All right, let's stuff. get your yeah, text yeah, messages. Five one two four four seven three seven seven six is the text line number. We're asking you 
which play, which position would you like to see most addressed in the transfer portal? The most imp- like the most needed for you in the transfer portal. Uh, put that one in there, and then uh, anything else you want to talk about or questions or or come anything like that, send it in on the text line number. Uh, CPAL says. Yes, women have a chance to be special. In Vic's word, can men find uh, the, the high school guard in Texas that can shoot? Heck, Shock has a white kid that can play two, uh, two of them. See, pal. Uh, yeah, I mean, the women team is going to be good. They'll uh, continue to... Uh... Oh, can the men find a guard in Texas that can shoot? They I, they can. And look, Max Aismas can shoot, and IT Horton can shoot. Uh, I think there's just issues that this Texas team has about... You know, I don't know if they they focus on defense. This is supposed to be a defensive-led team, and they're trying to focus more and more on that and trying to get that right. That's the way Chris Beard was. That's the way Rodney Terry is. That's the way Rick Barnes was. That's the way Shaka Smart was. Sure. They've all been defensive-minded head coaches that want to really get a tough defense, and so they practice defense a lot. And it becomes where shooting is something you kind of have to do in your free time a little bit more and get into that. And sometimes shooting, you know, when you're not scrimmaging shooting, you may, you may not get there and playing on different courts, and that's – it just takes a little while to get used to and get back into it. I think they'll be okay once we get into the season. The good part is you're not peaking too early. You're <laughs> definitely not doing that. This is definitely not the peak of this basketball team. But we're going to see. You know, I think it will. Dylan DeSue comes in. It will open up a little bit more on the outside because they're going to have to double in on him and Shedrick more, and you're going to see more help coming down onto them, which could mean uh, a little bit more open three-pointers. For some other guys, you could see that. And once they get a little bit more in rhythm, it may be going. Uh, but I, I agree with what Jacob said earlier, too. You want to see that the offense run and get the ball kicked back out to a three-point shooter as opposed to passing it around the perimeter and then dribbling and then shooting. It's just a much harder shot. It's not really what you'd like to see. And you can get hot doing that, but it's not what you want to see. And Max Aismas does that a lot. You'd like to see guys be, you know, be able to go inside. And I think with Shedrick being hurt last night, you saw or just beat up or whatever it was where he played less minutes, uh, you weren't able to go into him, get the respect, and kick the ball back out where you may have hit some more threes. I just want to see them move as one unit. I just don't want to see five players out there. I want to see one unit. Yes. Uh, Oklahoma Greg says, is that three Longhorns in the portal? I believe so. I believe so. I believe, I believe it's the offensive lineman, oh, no, four. the safety, and then uh, Casey Kane. And uh, Catalan is in there. Catalan, two safeties. That's so right. two safeties. Okay. So four. It would be four, I believe, is what is in there right now. Yeah. Uh, this texter says safety position, which we said two are gone in the sa- in the portal. Uh, we're going to lose probably uh, a couple more to to uh, the end of their careers in college football, whether they go pro or not. Right. Uh, but they're seniors and losing eligibility, so we will lose. I could see it. And, and I, I I said the secondary because I kind of played it the easy way of DB safety. But I, I'm with you. I think safety is a big position. For very them. different positions, by the way. Safety and DB. They are very different yeah. positions. Uh, Scarlett says, priority is in the trenches. Both sides of the ball definitely built inside out. That is a Sark method. He's talked about that a lot. Big humans. That he is, you know, he believed that was his thing coming in was, we need to solidify. That was a pancake factory. Oh, yeah. Was, I'm sure when they, they asked the same question to Sark, if you had one position that you really need to bring people in, he said, <laughs> give me offensive linemen. Yeah. And then he said, I need defensive linemen, and we're going to give them and make them big humans. We're going to take them over to Pluckers and feed them all the wings in the world. And, no, they're and, eating pancakes. No, no, I'm talking about the defensive linemen. Oh, defensive linemen. Defense yeah, I just yeah. remember I remember doing a coach's show years back, and like three or four of the guys walked in for the defensive line. Yeah. And it was a question of could they fit into a booth 
right with like four guys i imagine they run into that problem at a lot of restaurants yeah they were just big guys yeah big big guys uh i mean you saw tavondre sweat in the apron have you seen that picture <laughs> no i've not oh, oh yes yes i have i have seen that, that picture yeah. Uh, this texture says Duke is about to get the best gator rollers in the country. <laughs> uh, Chan says uh, Marquette shall be knocked down the second round. Definitely are we in trouble. Uh, seem to have trouble stopping the threes. I, I don't know if it's too much. that Those threes from Kolick, that was, you know, they, there was points where they were losing their guys. There was a lot of it where they did just didn't look like they were up for that game, and I don't know what it was. But they, they played better basketball. They played much better basketball against UConn. Uh, and protected the three-point line a lot better there, but they just did not seem to be in sorts in that game. And he also says safety. I like that. A lot of people in the secondary. Uh, this texture says cornerback. We get one secondary, secondary, secondary. Yeah, that's back. Where That's a lot of people. That's Do you want to get it's that fair. fixed? That's fair. And it is. Yeah. And I think you have good young players there as well right. that are going to continue to grow in that position. So I th- there is points to it. I, I get that. Next players need linebackers, safeties, wide receivers. All right. I don't know if I go linebackers first. I'm not so sure either. But uh, I do say safeties. I do say that. I would definitely say receivers uh, would probably yeah, at be least one. Of my one. Top, at, at least, least one, one veteran wide yeah. receiver. I'd like to see somebody that you can kind of build in there. But I think, and that's you know, that's going to be the one where they're going to have to talk to Quinn and Arch. You, you guys are going to be there, right? Right. You guys going to be there, right? Hey, will y'all help us get these guys? Yeah. Uh, Texture says, uh, "Chief Engineer, my man, Chief Engineer." Says, did you see Gundy's kid at the portal? I did, and that had to be an uncomfortable uh, conversation. Well, what about the first uncomfortable situation where he benched him? That's, but see, that that's a little bit easier of, you know what? You know, look, we got to try and win the games, and we'll figure out, and you just keep working, and maybe you can get back. And then, like, <laughs> and dude, you're, not, goes, you're no. not good enough to be on the – no, I don't think – I think Gundy told him you're not good enough to be the starter on this team. <laughs> and Gundy told him go somewhere else. I bet he grounded him, and he was like, all right, well, I'll just go over here. <laughs> uh, he also says DBs and secondary is going to really need that next year. Uh, second would be D line, going to need them super huge as well. Got to keep that pressure up. SEC does have big dudes online. I agree with you, Chief Engineer. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get to some more of your text messages and get into some talk about the NFL. There's a game tonight, and boy, howdy, is no one excited. I think they're just disguising that as a game. I'm not sure we can call it that. Well, Bill Belichick's not going to call it that. No, don't don't put not. that on my record. Yeah, don't put it on my record. We'll come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn One Hundred One Nine AM Twelve Sixty, the Horn App, and HornFM.com.